Welcome to Abracadabra, Create What You Speak. I'm Ilana Zulai, your host, a spiritual mentor and a sound therapist. This is an empowerment program with guests from all over the world who will share their light and their gifts of art, knowledge and wisdom to inspire you to be the best version of yourself. Hello, welcome to Abracadabra. I'm Ilan Azulai. Thank you so much for being here. This is an empowerment program where I bring people from all walks of life to encourage and to empower you to remember yourself and to reclaim yourself and to remember your gifts and to manifest the life that you desire. And the guests here are here to encourage you to uh, voice their gifts. And um, manifestation starts with imagination. And uh, it is all about our relationship to ourselves. My guest is a wonderful colleague I've met at a, at a workshop. As a relationship expert, Dr. Heather Brown has worked with thousands of individuals and couples in psychotherapy. She is published in hundreds of journals, has an active YouTube channel, and has been featured on ABC7 News, was the relationship expert on KDOC Daybreak OC, and is published in Inc., Toronto Sun, Thriving Family Magazine, Light Plus, Live, Brain, Scary Mommy, and Psychology Today. And there are more. She is a regular guest blogger for both Links for Shrinks and for Marriage-Friendly Therapists. She has two books in final stages of pre-publication, and a TEDx speaker coming up September 23rd, and you want to listen to that and to mark your calendar. She uh, offers weekly newsletter packed with tips and techniques to improve relationships and has monthly workshops. She's wonderful. She has great advice. And uh, let's bring in Dr. Heather Brown. Hello, Heather. How are you? I am thank, fine. Thank you what for being intro. here. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for uh, for being here. You know, this is uh, this is a great uh, great experience. We've met at a at an empowerment workshop, actually, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, I've uh, I've seen how things have shifted. You start using different uh, different uh, platforms, media platform. Was it was it difficult for you to? Was it challenging or too difficult to? To, to engage into this new world technology and rather than the traditional uh, concept of face-to-face? -face. No, it, it's actually pretty, it's pretty seamless. Um, my background is theater. And then because I do work so much in my office, one-on-one, -on -one, and we've been Zooming now for several years, not so much. It's more so um, the tech aspect of understanding tech. That has been a little a little bit more challenging in putting things together, but showing up and speaking with people and connecting, that's my love. So it's yeah. just been a lovely way to do it in, in different formats. I see. Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, we, we get a, we're adaptable species. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, the focus that that you're that you put in and how, how you the advice that you give is really eventually all surrounding around relationships, right? Relationships, and, and this is what your specialty is. And um, so what, what I've learned about the, over the year, you know, it takes a lifetime, right? Uh, is that it is not necessarily all the time about the individual points, let's say you, me, another person, but it is the, what is, what I refer to as relational field as the field between each, all of us, what we bring into. Because when we are alone, when we live alone in an apartment or in a house, nobody is around us. Everything is hunky-dory. Everything is fine. You know, there is no, you know, we don't, we don't argue with anybody. We don't have disagreements. I mean, unless you're like me, where you have 13 of us, so we always argue. But, but basically, it, it comes into play when we are connecting with others, when we come with others. So, what is happening is this field in between us 
that is really, it's like the, the Venn diagram, the two circles. It's what's in between, what we're co-creating. And, and that requires some different levels of intimacy. So with the people that you work, how do you, first of all, what is, what is intimacy for you? Mm. Intimacy would be the ability to share all of who you are at any given moment and be willing to explore that with another and how it impacts them and how they impact you. Mm. It's the us-ness in a moment, which changes at every single moment, depending upon what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're offering, what we're creating together in that moment. So truly finding the moment together in a way that is supportive uh, and nurturing to me would be intimacy. Mm. So there is also, so the intimacy is the, so so we are actually, you know, whether it's communication, how we communicate and all, all th that's an aspect. But isn't also how, what place we inhabit within ourselves when we are sharing? Because we can, we can be in a place of, of expansiveness, or we can be in a place of contraction, of feeling all kind of, you know, maybe self-esteem or, or self-worth. And then the intimacy quality changes. So what would you work first on, on, on the person, on how they see themselves, so they can be in a healthy intimacy? It would depend upon what they come to me for. If they're coming to me within a relationship, that, then no, then we're, we're going to be working on it in the relationship. If they come to me individually, then yes, we'll do that. And mm -hmm. you don't always need to do one before the other. I think it's probably the wisest to really have done your self-work before you step into a relationship, because mm -hmm. then I think you have so much more to offer. But yet, whenever you step into a relationship, you're going to find what it is you need to find. And part of that will be your internal intimacy. And part of that will be your intimacy with another. So whether you're brand new to relationship with yourself or with others, you're going to find that which you need to find. I think the challenge is recognizing that and not fighting that or being angry and upset with that but really looking at that and, and questioning, why am I having these thoughts? Why am I having these feelings? Why am I reacting in this way? Or what's mm. going on inside of you? And, and to walk through that as best you can together. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so self in, so working, so somebody comes to you about a relationship, right? Someone come, they have an issue, they have issues, between one another and you notice that uh, the reason i ask this is because you notice as you are as they come to you about relationship you notice that you know it's not really about the relationship it's about how this person sees themselves so so now so now like you said if, if well you said if they don't come to me about working about themselves and i'm working about the relationship but what do you how do you navigate when you notice and you you see it as just like the sun is in the middle of the day, right? You see it clearly that it's about this person's way of looking at things, the places that he or she inhabits within themselves. Do you do you deviate to that? Do you do do you suggest? I mean, how how do you deal with this? Uh, it happens all the time. What I would say, <laughs> gosh, I didn't hear him say that in his response. What I heard him say was. Da, 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 da. I wonder how that thought that you expressed came into play or gosh, that's a really strong feeling that, that you're having right now. Can you share with us more of that mm. so we can understand what your experience is? Mm. So it happens all the time. And so there's the clarity of trying to help them see, is it a, a belief that they have? Is it a, a misunderstanding of an interpretation? Is it something that is actually being said? There's places to, to explore all of that and to try to help them find what their individual truth is and then question if that truth 
is accurate or if it needs to still stay. Triggers are something that's real, really talked about a, a lot now. And people will say, you triggered me, which is not accurate. No one triggers anybody else. You, say you don't think so? No. Oh, interesting. You say, you say something, you do something, and inside I am triggered. Yes. You haven't done something that triggers me. I have yeah. a challenge with something, and yes. that gets triggered. It's yes. like rubbing against sandpaper. And so when we say you've triggered me, we now make the other person responsible to stop doing that behavior, that thought, that action to take care of you. So I can so say me, I was so I can say I was triggered. Absolutely. I can oh, say I, I was triggered. triggered just now. And then there's the place of okay, so the trigger is trying to show me I don't feel safe here. Mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't feel comfortable here. This feels like something that I remember from before. Let me take care of me to make certain this is different. Or if it's not, how I want to respond to this differently than I did before. But any challenge we have is within us. And we try to make it the other person's fault, but it's a whole it's harder in a lot of ways to take full responsibility, but in the bigger picture, it's so much wiser because then you can decide what you do with it. And it might be to step out of the relationship, yeah. but as long as you make somebody else responsible for your success, you're in trouble. So if I but, feel triggered yeah. by something, I got to look at what went on. How does this remind me of my childhood or my last partner? What's going on that I am now making you somehow tied with them? You haven't done that. You've just mm -hmm. been you. And I don't I don't like this aspect of you because it reminds me of my ex. But the person you're with hasn't done anything to trigger you. No, you see, I don't see that when, when I say you've triggered me, I don't see it as putting the blame on me personally. I don't see it as putting the blame on me, but you've been the catalyst to... Evoke. It's, it doesn't mean that anything is your fault. It doesn't mean that, that it is your responsibility. But there is here something that I was triggered. Otherwise, I wouldn't say that I was triggered. I call. I I I, I have a part of a workshop that I work on is is a segment or that I, that I work with people is a segment called Trigger Time True Time. Where Trigger Time is the time that I've been triggered, and this is about self work. It's not about correcting somebody else or any of that thing. It's about from the moment that I've been triggered until the moment I realized that I was triggered, which is true time. So I can, you can trigger me and I go all day with all my, uh, you know, in a way, this, this, uh, these thoughts and stories in the head and making stories in the head and blaming somebody else. It's kind of, there is some, some, a comfort in that, in this suffering, in this illusion of suffering. Uh, but until the moment that I that I realize that I got triggered, I'm in a movie, and it's not mine. And it's not mine. So the, the more we 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 realize that, aware of that, first of all, be aware that there is a shift in in my place, in the place I feel I get triggered. I see somebody that I had something with and I'm all boiling up. Oh, what am I going to say? Oh, he's looking at me. Da, 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 all these kind of things. Until I realized that I was triggered, which is kind of deflating the balloon. So all this time is, 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 is a movie that is not mine. And the more I realize it, the more I am aware of it and conscious of it, that time shrinks. So maybe in the beginning it was two days. Maybe it was a day, maybe it was a week, you know. But the more I'm realizing that, then it shrinks until a moment where I can actually realize it live as it happens. As it happens where somebody said something, oh, well. You know, like the best example is road rage, right? When somebody cuts me off, one time I was in, uh, in Israel and, uh, and somebody was slow and I passed him and went a little front and came back. So the guy behind me got upset, got upset, raced to me. Oh, the world, the wheel, I'm looking at him and, and he starts yelling at me, are you tired of living? <laughs> you know, wow. that kind of thing. So I realized, I rolled the window and continued. It is not about me. For that person, I'm, an all, I'm only a variable. Mm -hmm. It is not, it is not. So if I get triggered like that guy got triggered, I was triggered by this thing. And road rage usually doesn't go away until it explodes. So 
it's that moment that the more we are realizing that, the more we come to real time, actually realizing that, oh, well, hold on, I'm being triggered. And, and, and that is uh, that's something that, that is when you said that, it just triggered me to remember. <laughs> well, I think it's the, if, you, if you take the power within yourself. And so, yeah. yes, I mean, I would hope that time between being triggered and realizing you're triggered is short because the power is in realizing you are in a story that isn't necessarily true. Some probably not positive fantasy you're in. Um, right. and then what to do with it now. But but it's very important to realize that work is up to you. That's um, right. I do think a lot of people do use triggers as a way to say, you know, you shouldn't do this because I've gone through this. You shouldn't do this. And it's we think we're asking them to help us, but we're actually losing our own personal power by saying you've got to be safer for me instead of saying I will keep myself safe. Yeah, you mentioned in one of your publications that we should eliminate the word should. And it is very true. It is very true. I, I, I don't remember the, the, the name exactly, but you eliminate, oh, it's about, about relationship, rekindling relationships. Uh, uh, should, because should is an expectation based on my wants. You should change so I can feel that, that, that I can approve. Right? You should do this so I can prove. And, you know, many times we grow up in this kind of environment where we're coming to our parents. I mean, our parents, our family, our society. Oh, you should do this. You shouldn't do this. You should do this. You should do this. You know, we're, we're kind of similar generation where back in the 80s, 70s, there wasn't this awareness and, and mindfulness. And so it's just make sure that the door doesn't hit you on the way out. You know, when you leave the class, you know, those kind of things. So don't end so, up in jail. Was what, it was common when I was a kid. Just don't end up in jail. Just don't. Have, like, okay. Well, that, so so where did you grow up? In LA. Did, yeah, I, I'm I'm almost sixty, and so the viewpoint was very much kind of hands off. Like we've given you the basics. You just take care of yourself, and you'll be okay. Hmm. But but on the other side, there were a lot of you're to be polite. You're not to be selfish, you know, seen and not heard. There was still a, a lot of that. Girls are to be nice. There was a lot of telling you who you were to be and how you were to be. And for some people, they fit that very well. And for some of us, not so much. Some of us have a little bit of a rebel spirit. And yeah. we really wanted to define our own rules for ourselves. And I think that's a, a big part of the challenge we have in this world is that we want other people to be like us and accept us as we are because it's easier for us. Yeah. But the point true. of the world is for it not to be easy. The point of the world is for us to learn to work together and also to work alone. Hmm. So we need to be different. And those places that are not smooth are the places where we learn the most. That's right. Just like with um, the people that we don't get along with the exactly. most. They're our best teachers. Our best teachers, right? Yeah, fascinating. Wow, fascinating. Um, so, tell us, tell us a little bit about you. Where, where you? I mean, you didn't get up one day and say, "Hey, I'm going to be a therapist." Or maybe no, you did. No, not at all. Um, so I have a kind of a different story than a lot of people. I grew up with a mom who was a paranoid schizophrenic, and so she lived a good amount of the time in a reality that I didn't know where she was. Mm. And it took me a while to realize that was what was going on. But once I did, I started to realize that this is not what other people lived through. Um, but being, I'm not going to even say being raised, growing up in that gave mm -hmm. me an awareness that everyone has their own reality. And mm. they don't line up a lot of times. And my focus became not to try to prove mine or make certain that everybody else felt mine and mine was right. My focus came to be, how do you try to understand what other people's are around you? And how do you try to bridge that to be able to coexist? Um, she killed herself when I was 16, which threw our whole family into just a mm. whole nother level of uproar. Mm. And I became a therapist through that experience of needing to go to therapy for me, 
to help myself just deal with all that had gone on. And then really very quickly fell in love with the process, fell in love with helping people find who they are and who they want to be and how to reparent themselves. And so that's where therapy, that's where I therapy see. raised its head. Mm -hmm. Did you feel in any time, maybe before you discovered that she's schizophrenic or after, did you feel any time any guilt, anything that had to do with you that, that was? There was one time that, that it's, it's in my book and it's one of my biggest takeaways for clients. Um, it was shortly before she killed herself. I don't know if this incident added to it or not. I know it didn't help. But um, when I grew up, there weren't cell phones, there weren't answering machines. You just had a telephone and mm -hmm. you'd call from a pay phone and it would just ring and ring and ring and ring. That's right. So my mom couldn't work because of her mental situation. And so she was home. And it was a, a day where it was pouring rain and she didn't come to pick me up. And it was wet, it was cold. She was three hours late. My books were wet. I was getting really, really mad. And I had called probably a hundred times and she never picked up. She finally pulled up. I opened up the station wagon and I just let loose on her, which is not something I ever did to my mom before. It's not something I ever suggest anybody ever do ever, uh, especially not to someone who's a paranoid schizophrenic, but I just started screaming, where are you? You don't love me. I'm going to fail my task. Just vomiting all my, my putrid rage all over her, kind of like road rage, but we were stopped. Mm -hmm. um, and she looked at me with eyes that truly looked like they wanted to kill me. And she said, I just stopped my best friend from trying to kill herself. Mm. And I just went, <gasps> and mm. of course I tried to apologize and mm. she wouldn't have it. We drove home in silence. She would not talk to me. She would not talk to me that night. We never talked about it again. She refused to talk about it. Mm. If I had opened the car door and simply said, what happened? Mm -hmm. She would have shared it with me. Mm. I would have loved on her and I would have been a comfort and she would have apologized for being three hours late. But I learned a very, very important lesson, yeah. which is if you don't know what has happened, do not assume that you do. I call it the pause. And That's I just right. tell people, just pause for a second, ask the question and wait for the response. Most times, there's going to be a valid reason, or at least the person thinks it's a valid reason. Yeah. But you can't take your rage back. That's and right. I, That's right. I made a, probably one of the worst nights of my mom's life a whole lot worse. Hmm. And it didn't get my book dry and it hmm. take away those three hours. So what I did was basically just make the night awful. That's one moment that I... I will say, I wish I had known. I'm, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. You know, I was 16. I was a kid. Um, I was frustrated, but I did not handle it right. Yeah, when, you know, do you find yourself, you, I mean, you kind of, in a way, beat up yourself, you know, about that. I mean, I, I, you recognize that it is a great lesson that you've got, but I can, I can, only imagine that you've never spoken about this again. And it's probably, you know, for a while been eating you up. Well, she killed know? herself shortly thereafter. So there wasn't, oh. there wasn't room to, I mean, I've talked about it my whole life. So I've talked about it a lot, um, but I can't resolve it with her, but That's she right. wasn't mentally in a state toward the end of her life uh, to resolve things much either. I tried, I 100% yeah. tried. That's the thing, you know, it's. She refused. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's really, especially for, for us who still have some parents alive is to resolve everything. Um, I would hope so. Before. Hope yeah. So. Because we think it does us good, but it doesn't, it doesn't do us any good to harbor resentment. And no, not at all. Even if you're going to decide you're not going to be in my life, do it in the way where you release that anger and that hatred it doesn't do you any good to, to stay in rigidity and anger 
um, and resentment. If you feel like I can't have you in my life, then come to the place where you really give yourself that, that truth. Like I needed to do that for me and that's okay for me to do. And maybe they don't like that, but I've needed to take care of myself and then whoo, and then let yourself be cleared of it as much as possible. But the reason our country is so angry is we don't mm -hmm. do that. We just stay mad and we keep talking about it. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, this, the other person. this is one of the reasons, but, you know, there the are external forces that are affecting successfully many people this time, you know, you know, the fear tactics and all that, that is, that is affecting people and, and, and putting people in a, creating the environment for people to continue and cultivate fear and anger, you know? It is, uh, th this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is, um, this is a common it's thing. very well being orchestrated right now. Uh, always, very to be honest well. with you. To be honest and with COVID, you, always. COVID just made it so much more clear how much of a very, in my opinion, sick, odd game this all is. Yeah. It depends who you ask, right? Completely. Depends who you ask. It, it's, it's totally, Completely. you know. My, 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 my whole thing about this, that the whole COVID and everything before was just to get to the process of entering into our body, into our system. Everything was a, a wag the dog type of film. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very common that we, that, we look at, um, that we look at the past and we judge ourselves, right? We judge ourselves about the past, forgetting that the reason we judge our, our past, the reason we judge 10, 15, 20 years ago of what, what happened, what we did, the reason for that is because now we have the tools to see and identify what was uh, not healthy. But back at that time, we were immersed in our emotions. Our emotions were covering our eyes. The only, the only, the, we couldn't see further than our nose size, so to speak. And, uh, and we operated there. So, so when we're talking about forgiveness and you know, forgiveness to ourselves is really to see that back at that time, these are the eyes that I had. Yeah, I wrote the, a piece because people were having a, a, a lot of challenges with hindsight. And I mm -hmm. said, well, what if we call it kind sight? Oh, nice. Because <laughs> hindsight, you know, of course, when you know, if I went through that red light, I was going to slam into that car. Of course, you wouldn't do it. But we really do do the best that we know how to do with where we are. Exactly. Is it going to always go well? No, but we do the best we can. And if you if you if you pull back and think, well, how often am I in crisis with the choices that I make? Truly, hardly ever. Hardly ever. We do so much well. It's pretty astounding. But are mm. there some moments where we blow it? Yeah. But we've done the best we could. And so, therefore, there must be some knowledge we need to have out of realizing, oh, no, this could go wrong. Well, now I know that. I've learned what I've needed to mm -hmm. learn. And let me move from that with that knowledge. That's mm -hmm. a really healthy way to do it. But if we didn't have challenges we would never grow no, that's true stay the same all the time and that's not that'd be a pretty boring life but it also wouldn't mm -hmm. benefit us i mean i think people really like to I think we'd like to overcome i think it's very much a a big part of our ego like what can i do it's what also part of our, how amazing can i become it's part of our survival too it's a survive it's a so part of a survival mechanism to overcome absolutely the fight yeah. and flight yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, this yeah. is just part of that. Um, and so if you if you realize I got a really I probably have a really long life. Why? Because there's probably a lot that I need to integrate and understand. What I'll tell people that come to me is especially people who, who are dealing with depression, I'll mm -hmm. say instead of thinking like today I start my day down here, mm -hmm. what I want you to do is just wherever you start your day is your neutral. So if it is a day that feels super high, that's still your neutral. If it's a day that feels really low, that's still your neutral for today. Mm -hmm. Because if you start the day feeling like you're way down here, mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to, to begin. So mm -hmm. if you make, okay, I woke up today and I'm, oh, I'm a, I'm a two. Okay. So 
cool. So I'm going to make that up. This is a five. This is where I am. Let's try to keep it up because I, I want to stay up as much as possible, but, but it lessens some of the judgment. It lessens some of the mm -hmm. criticism we have upon ourselves simply based upon how we feel when we wake up in the morning and then it turns into, well, what can I do? It also takes you out of that comparative mode of, mm. oh my gosh, I'm so much worse than I was yesterday. That thought is not going to help you. That's right. It's going to perpetuate, you right. know? Right. It's, I like to say that we are like TV channels. We are like TV boxes, mm -hmm. like televisions. And it's, we have 20 channels. And today when I'm going to broadcast sports, who's going to come? Sports people. Tomorrow right. I'm going to broadcast documentary. Tomorrow I'm going to make a documentary. So it's not only how I feel, but how I feel is also what I bring in. Right? It's, it's how do we manifest and what we bring in and... So, so this is going really to a continuous growth of, uh, I see it as growth of authenticity, because I see authenticity as dynamic. Mm -hmm. When we say be authentic to yourself, today, <laughs> tomorrow you're going to be different moment. authentic. Just even in this moment. Yeah, yeah. Because I haven't done Heather in 30 seconds yet, so I don't even know what that is. Exactly. We so are writing our story as we write it. Exactly. So, 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 so when people say, oh, you know, you need to connect to yourself, connect to your authentic self, I have a hard time with that because the authentic self is always changing. It's like trying to catch the moment. It's like, the, wait, wait, here's the moment, but it's gone, <laughs> right? So, so the authentic, authentic is always changing. Mm -hmm. So being in this place of, of uh, recognizing where I am at this moment goes together with what you said about let's just look at today let's just look at now let's just let's not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow never happened yet although what will be already happened but tomorrow never happened right so so it is very yeah no this is very uh as gold this, this, this is great is to look at today and to say okay i am here today let's and see what, what am i aware of what am yeah. i feeling what am i experiencing What's the intentions that I want to have for today? Mm -hmm. Those all make up how your day is going to go. And, and then I think it's very important at any moment that you feel you're blowing it to <laughs> tell yourself, oh, like, let's start over. I homeschooled my kids for many years. And um, sometimes just sometimes they just would be a little bit difficult. And so when they were, I'd say, <laughs> oh, I know what we need. We need to start over morning. And I'd run to my bed with them. We'd throw the, the comfort over our head and I'd go. <laughs> and then I'd throw the comfort off and I'd say, good morning. I love you. And they'd laugh and laugh and laugh. And then we'd have a reboot of the day. But you can have a reboot at any point. You say something you wish you hadn't said. You can say, oh, I didn't say that correctly. Let me do that differently. Or you start to do something that, you know, really doesn't best serve you. You can stop and say, oh, I'm so glad I caught myself in that. Let me do this because this serves me better. Mm -hmm. We get to choose in every moment who we are. That's right. So there's the truth of you have the opportunity to decide for yourself what you're going to experience today. And, and if you are feeling sad, if you are feeling blue... A lot of us will stay there and let ourselves stay there and know we're staying there. And mm -hmm. that's okay because it's your choice. But it's important to realize you do have a choice to what you focus on. Doesn't mean you can say, I'm going to focus on being happy and you're going to be elated. But you can always move to, well, what's a little bit better of a focus than what I'm focusing on right now? If I'm focusing on the person screaming at me in the other car, because he feels I cut him off. I can focus on that or I can focus on, thank God they pulled away and they're no longer by me. Or I can mm -hmm. focus on, thank God I wasn't hit. Or I mm -hmm. can focus on, I'm so glad I don't respond to people in that way. There's always a thought that's a little bit um, of a cleaner, healthier, higher vibration that you can move to. And when you do that, you allow yourself to move up bit by bit by bit by bit yes. and in doing so it lets you realize you do have control you do have some choice which is paramount yes 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 
Yeah, this is great. One of the tools that I, uh, to support what you're saying, one of the tools that, that, that I give because I work on manifestation and power of the words is really the words that we say and to utter the words out so we can hear it back. Mm. Speaking it is the, if we, people who speak in terms of masculine and feminine, speaking it is the masculine and hearing it back is the feminine. So we are, we're creating a circle and the intention behind the words are the fuel to the words. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is it's beautiful like, expressing it like that. Thank you. Yeah, but we, we, we are, it's coming from one another as we're having this conversation. I like to speak a lot in analogies. So for example, you look at a car and a driver. The car is the word, the driver is the intention. Just like the car is the body and the driver is the soul. You can pimp the car to, till tomorrow, but without driver, without a soul, without the intention that fuels the word, ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know, so so it's 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 and, and there are sentences to say that, and you know, sometimes we don't feel like saying, Oh, I am grateful and happy now for the abundance is coming. But you know what? You keep saying it and you start believing it because you're we're creating a vibrating effect. We're creating a, 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 a like a, a ripple effect. Well, you can we ask yourself the opposite of that. I don't feel like being appreciative. I don't feel like being grateful. Okay, so what do I feel like? I feel like feeling crappy. I feel like feeling like, you know, I don't get anything. I feel like feeling jealous. And when you say that out loud, you're gonna be like, no, no, I really don't. Okay, so how about I'm a little bit grateful? How about I'm a little bit thankful? I heard a story that I loved and it was about a woman who went to, to see a therapist and she'd had a mm -hmm. dog that she just adored and the dog had recently died 15 years and the woman was devastated and so she met with a therapist and you know she said i'm i'm never gonna love like that again i'm never gonna have another dog mm. and the, the therapist said to the woman okay help me understand this this was the love of your life and she said yes she said so you felt completely in love for 15 years and she said mm. yes she said and the reason you're devastated now is because that dog is gone and she said yes and she said so you would rather live the next 15 years not feeling love than to go get another dog and feel not the same love but love for 15 years and then at the end of 15 years feel this hurt once again and the woman said i think i need to get a dog <laughs> but there, there's the place yeah. of yeah why would we choose to stay in a place that really doesn't benefit us and we do that at times i mean we are very self-destructive at times and self-sabotage but th there's a there's a place to look at it i'll go into self-pity for a couple of seconds and then i'll say yeah. you're just feeling sorry for yourself like do you want to do you really want to do this and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, go ahead. Feel sorry for yourself then. And then I don't. So call yourself on your little shenanigans because oftentimes you then move into that higher part of you, your inner being that says, well, that's I don't feel true. this way. I want that's to feel true. good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's, that's interesting. So the power, again, the power of the words, right? The power of yeah. how we're we saying, you know, abracadabra, the, the program, do you know where it comes from? It, it comes from Aramaic. It's in Aramaic, and it says literally, I create as I speak. Because mm, the power of the word in Judaism and Kabbalah was always the, 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 the world was created in 10 utterances, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it's always the power. It's always, that is the difference also between us as creation of, of humans versus the animal kingdom, because we're above the animal kingdom, but the only difference is that we have the power of speech. And we and we are the only species that can decide to change our faith, our fate, right? We can mm. decide to change it by the power of our word. A, a chicken and our is not, faith. We can change and our, our faith. faith too, and our faith. Which is pretty powerful. And our faith. The, a chicken is going to get up in the morning, is going to say, okay, today I'm going to be a wolf. Today I'm going to overcome my chickenness, right? It's not going to happen, right? But we can. We can say, you know what? Today, I, yesterday I did this. Today I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be there anymore. This is where I want to be. Right. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say how I feel. And yeah, this is. Uh, 
Now you um, you mentioned uh, to me earlier that you uh, your husband passed away mm-hmm. as well, and how did did that did that take you into a spiral of some sort? I mean, it's natural because we're losing somebody we live with and we are with. Um, how how did that affect you, and how did that empower you maybe to bring more to what you're doing? It was it was a tough time. It wasn't expected. And my kids were 14 and 17. And we were completely not prepared hmm. uh, in any way. He was 51. He had just turned 51. So it was sudden. It was a shock. Um, it, I'm sorry to I'm sorry. It, that's, uh... it was a crazy year. Um, hmm. And getting them through was most important. The part that that for me was just like, come on now. People said to me, you know, for anybody, you're the best person for this. And I'm like, dear God, what a horrible thing to say. And (laughs) what they said was, well, you're a therapist, so, and you've lost your mom. And I'm like, okay, so number one, why do I have to lose my husband? But let's go super big. Why do (laughs) my kids have to live through what I lived through? Like, how crazy is that? But we, um, we bonded together really tightly we became the three brown skateers and really loved on each other um really held each other in our darkness because there was a lot there was a lot of darkness there was a lot of anger Mm. there was a lot of hurt that felt like a lot of betrayal a lot of letdowns and so we just loved on each other through that um i was already very close with my kids but we certainly became a lot closer Mm. and um the part that was the, the hardest for me was letting out my grief because I didn't want to do that in front of my kids to the extent that I was feeling it because they were going through so much. So I would wail, which I had never done before, but I literally wailed from three to six in the morning in the mm. bathroom by myself. Mm. Mm. And I would just cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. And one day I felt someone praying for me. It was at 4.15 in the morning. I literally felt it. And I stopped. And I said, right now in this instance, someone who is, is praying for me and whoever is, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put a little post on Facebook. And I said, whoever was praying for me at 4.15 this morning, it was received. And I felt it. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. One of my very dear friends responded and she said, it was me. And I said, you transformed me in that moment. Mm. There was something incredibly powerful about being in the place that I could actually feel other people's prayers coming through. Because Mm. before that, it had been, you know, lip service to hear lovely, kind, thank you, thank you, thank you. But at that moment, I experienced it. You felt it, yes. Completely. And something really shifted. Um, before that, I'd had two friends that were very angry with me for not calling them. Mm. And they said, you know, why won't you? And I said, I I don't think you're going to quite understand this. It's not that I don't think you love me. I do. It's not that I don't think you want to be there for me. I know that. And I know it would feel really, really good. And then I have to hang up the phone. And then I am alone again. So I just have to figure this out. And it was amazing how deeply I became connected with my spirituality. I have always been, but it was a whole nother layer to be able to say like, this is all up to you. This, mm. this, this is all up to you. Just keep me breathing and keep my heart beating. And I will do whatever it is that you need for me to get my kids through this. And, and one of the toughest moments was, just a couple of nights in, we were sitting on the living room floor and I was looking at them. We we're all sobbing. We we're in blankets all around us with the sitting in the living room. And I remember looking at my kids and I said, this is the, the hardest experience I've ever had in the mm. fact that there's nothing I can do. And they both said, what do you mean? And I said, for the first time in my entire life with you, I, I can't take away your pain. Mm. And it was, so humbling and so Mm. horrible but it was so true and i said i can love you wonderfully 
It's not going to take any of your pain away. And That's it was true. really yeah. good that I realized that because then it allowed them to grieve as they needed to grieve as deeply as they needed to. And it wasn't my role to stop it, to alter it. It was my role to love on them as much as possible in the ways that I could. But it was really hard to watch them in that kind of agony. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, this is, uh, this is, uh, I hope this is, this is for anybody who is watching that to be inspiration and, and, and encouragement to, uh, to take a step to the left or to the right from where you are. If this is, if standing right where you are is not working for you. Yeah. There's always other steps to take and that's right, forward and backwards. This, no. this is just my truth. I hope it will be others. I feel I feel that we are dearly and devotedly protected by the divine. I feel we are dearly and devotedly loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that horrible things aren't going to happen to us. Horrible things are going to happen. But we are never separate unless we decide we are. There is no way to separate us from love because we were created out of love so it's mm -hmm. only our belief that we are but we we really never are separate from from god or from the divine or from all that there is unless we choose to believe that and the more right. the more we embrace that mm -hmm. the more relieving that feels and the more powerful right. that feels that's right. That's right. That's right. I uh, I say to everybody that I meet, let alone people I work with, that it's it's very um, it's in, it's important to understand that everything that happens in this realm, everything that happens in this physical where we are, has a spiritual reason and cause. Yeah. Everything so is, is spiritual. Ah, there you go. Everything is therefore everything spirit. is a spiritual reason and cause because well, we are of spirit that's why we're exactly. here we're, we're the breath and the emotions of god mm -hmm. um the divine what, what you will we're the human expression of it and how we choose to express ourselves as humans yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. is our gift back and sometimes yeah. it's not a very lovely gift and sometimes it's absolutely glorious yeah yeah, yeah. it's a spirit that holds the matter yes and therefore, the matter can shape accordingly. So let's talk about. I want to talk about. Uh, you recently uh, was invited to be a TEDx speaker that is coming up September twenty third, right? I am. That's a great day. It's my my son's birthday, September twenty third. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, so so let, let, talk about and anything that is coming up, and and let's talk about how people can reach you. Everything will be written down underneath here. Your details and. People can contact you, but maybe you can talk about what's coming up for you and talk about the TEDx and sure, and, uh, yeah. There's a ahead. lot. So I do I do monthly workshops, um, and that's just to reach people beyond what I do on my one on one. Obviously, I I work one on one or with couples. I also coach with people who aren't in California if it's appropriate. Um, I have just recently finished a book on couples communication, and we are moments away from mm -hmm. sending it out to publishers to get it picked nice. up. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, I am about three quarters done with co-authoring a book on anxiety, which we're going to self-publish. So that's exciting. Oh, wow. Bridging the, from the psychotherapist realm with, with a yogi and bringing them together, which I think is a blessed way of bringing in the different aspects of um, mind, emotion, body, and spirit. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll be bringing that out hopefully at the end of the year. Um, I have my TEDx with mm -hmm. Mount Rubidoux on September 23rd, and that's coming up as well. So lots that's, of things. That's great. That is that is really great. So happy for you. This is wonderful. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. So so th this has been really a uh, a great a great time to have you. We're already we talking until tomorrow. Um, but thank you for, thank you very much for 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 being here and for sharing. Can you? Um, last 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 words for 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 our listeners 
how mm. any words of encouragement anything that feels anything that comes for you anything yeah. that comes to you to share let yourself live in your bliss as much as possible let yourself find those those spaces and those places that feel heavenly and warm and kind and compassionate and creative and let yourself be in that place as much as possible because from there comes our best inspiration mm. and from there comes our best gloriousness amen yeah. wonderful wonderful thank you uh, dr heather brown thank you very much for uh, for being here has been uh, really great and fast and uh, thank you everyone who is here my name is ilan azulai this is abracadabra create what you speak remember your gifts yeah so thank you very much and i uh, will see you soon bless you have you ever wondered what actually happens in congress every day Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid.